Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Thinking sideways. I don't understand. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hey guys, welcome to another super exciting episode of Thinking Sideways, the podcast. I'm Devin, joined as always by Joe and Steve. And we're going to tackle another unsolved mystery. Cool. Steve's super unhappy about it. Yeah. And I'm just saying, I'm apologizing in advance. You know, there's been a whole lot of talk about John Bonet Ramsey. That's how you say that, right? John yeah. Bonet. John Bonet. I believe Bonnet, so. John Bonet. I think it's Bonnet. John Bonet. John Bonet Ramsey lately, and I think it's mostly because of that AMA that happened. <laughs> um, but we're not ready to tackle that one, if ever. I mean, probably we will at some point. But it's huge, and we want to, you know, get some experts and do really do it right more yeah, more a, a la jeff davis eight sort of situation but instead i will bring you something equally tragic yay well not that is honestly i think a little more interesting than the john bonnet ramsey mystery it is a strange little tale it's strange it's really strange we're going to talk about the disappearance of madeline mccann and a few points of order before i start one is that this is one of those stories that Steve hates that deals with missing little kids. So if that's not your cup of tea, it's not in particularly gory or anything like that. It's just a missing kid. But if that's not your cup of tea, this is one to skip. So I can skip this? No, you cannot. Oh, come on. I don't want to help. Nope. You got it. But... This is part of the deal, Steve. Fine. We uh, do the ones I don't want to do. Fine. I'll help, but I'm not going to like it. Yeah, mm. I know you won't. Mm. It's okay. We've well, got to solve this one, guys. Yeah. Mm. For the sake of the family. <laughs> 
Also, this was a recommendation from Johan, right? Johan, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think last year, late last year, I called dibs on it. I'm sorry. It's taken me so long to do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Johan. Okay. You guys ready? Sure. Sadly. Steve is not. Nope. Cool. Sorry. Madeline McCann was born in May of 2003 to Kate and Jerry McCann. They were both physicians, uh, and they also had a set of twins that were younger than Madeline. She was born in... Oh, Leicester. Leicester. Is it Leicester? You. I think it's Leicester, isn't it? I think it's Leicester. The good news is we've been getting a lot of um, feedback about mispronouncing stuff. And sorry. Because we're really good at that? Sorry. It's going to happen a lot in this episode. But also, let's be fair, it's just the way we pronounce it in America sometimes. <laughs> Some yeah. of this stuff is just the way we say it here. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so they lived in, oh my gosh, how did we say it? Leicester. Leicester? Uh, it, it looks like it should be Leicester, but I think it's pronounced Leicester. Okay. And then in May in 2007, the McCanns went on holiday, holiday to Portugal with a group of family friends and their children as well. The adults of this group eventually became or became to be referred as the Tapas Seven. And I think they were the, the Tapas Seven were not, didn't include the McCanns, right? No, it did. It did. No, it I did. thought I thought there were nine people in the group, and the, and the oh. top of seven were the seven friends of the McCann. No, you're right. Yeah, I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, okay. I'm the storyteller here, and I can't remember small, who's there. Small point. <laughs> sorry, yeah. point of order. So May third was the last day of the trip. We're just going to delve right into the story. It's a long one. I'm sorry. This is going to be one of those ones you have to listen to me talk for a while. Mm, damn it! The way you drone on. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just like wah 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 wah. Yeah. So May 3rd was the last day of this trip, and the group was staying at a resort called something that Joe's going to have to pronounce for me. Well, I'm probably going to mangle it, but I, I think it's Praia de Luz. Praia de Luz. Yeah, yeah that sounds it. right. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I don't know. Uh, there were eight kids that were part of the group, and they spent much of their day at the kids club in this resort. That morning, while the top of seven took a walk, the kids played in the kids club. And then after lunch, the families headed to the pool where the very last known picture of Madeline was taken. After the pool, the kids went back to the kids club until about 6 p.m. I'm guessing that was probably checkout come time, come get your I, kid. You know, I don't have that sense. I have the sense that kids could stay as long as they wanted just because of some stuff that happens a little bit later in the oh, story. Yeah. But it's, at resorts like that, typically you could drop your kids off if you're going to have dinner, say. Which oh. would be like a safe alternative to some of the things that happen in this story. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wonder why they didn't use the, uh, the little daycare center. Yeah, that's my sense. I could be wrong. Uh, I know that when I worked on the cruise ship, we had that. And I think a lot of resorts offer that sort of thing. It would make sense. Yeah, kind of almost 24-7 care mm -hmm. for kids. Not 24-7, but almost. Got it. Yeah, if you want to party the night away, though, yeah. Yeah, you may as well drop your kids off. Hell yeah. Anyways, Jerry. Gary? Jerry. Jerry. Jerry was, had a tennis lesson at 6, so Kate picked up the kids and hung out with them for a little while and, you know, fed them and bathed them and all that stuff. And then at about seven, she put, uh, she and Jerry both, Gary, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Oh my gosh. Jerry. This is like Parks and Rec up in here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Pretend Jerry, there's a J instead yeah. of a G in his name. Sorry. Jerry and Kate, the mom, put their three kids to bed in the room that the kids were sleeping in. It wasn't the room they were all sleeping in it was the the parents had the one room and then it was the an kids. apartment it was an apartment yeah and the kids had one room they were all sharing the two little ones were in a crib set up next to a single bed that madeline was staying in madeline was wearing pink eeyore pjs and cuddling with her pink blanket and pink cuddle cat she really liked pink huh? she liked pink what she is was a, three -year -old she's girl. a little girl what is eeyore by the way eeyore yeah 
you, from, from Winnie, the, Winnie Pooh? the Pooh. Oh, okay. You know, it's been so long since I've read Winnie the Pooh. I mean, I've forgotten about Eeyore. Uh, how? We're not even going to go into no, that. We no, we can't. No, just, that's a different that's mystery. A mystery. It's been a long time. Yeah. Because nothing ever bad happens to upper middle class white folks that are at a resort. The top of seven and the McCanns followed their typical evening routine, which was leaving their kids in an unlocked room and having dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Tapas, which is where retro- Tapas 7 comes from. In retrospect, yeah, it does seem like a bad idea. Maybe not a great idea. They were about... 160 feet as the crow flies away from the apartment the McCanns were staying in is 5A, which apparently, according to Kate, was about a 30 or 45 second walk. I'm having a really hard time figuring out how this place was set up, but mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, that's uh, one of the things I'm surprised at is that for all the stuff that's been written on the internet about this, nobody... Nobody anywhere has a layout of the resort. Yeah, I've never. I did a lot of looking yeah. for that, and I couldn't find a single uh, one. Yeah, I, I've got to guess that it's in. It's one of those places where the restaurants and everything are centrally located, and all the apartments are splayed around them in kind of an arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although they allow the, everybody relatively straight access. The that's, that's a guess. The description that I heard was that they were on the other side of the pool. So I don't totally know how this whole thing was set up but they had reserved this specific table that was close to their rooms for 8 30 p.m for the entire time that they were on holiday and the way that kate reserved this table again because nothing bad ever happens to upper white middle class people (laughs) was she wrote a note and just left it on the front desk where like anybody could have seen it Mm-hmm. And this is this is indicative of, of a bunch of things that seem innocuous to anybody who's doing them until yeah. something like this happens. That's mm-hmm. fair. And you start and all of these silly little things that mm-hmm. you think nothing of start cropping. These r- up. little red flags that mm-hmm. you know you kind of you can look back on and say, "Well, that was dumb. Why would you do that?" Yeah, that uh, you don't even think about in the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. but she said uh, in the note, she said, "What? I, I want this table so I can watch my kids in apartment five C." She said, "We're part of a group that are all in this block of apartments. We've got kids with us that will be in bed." Uh, so we want to reserve this table that's the closest one for 8.30 every night for the time that we're here. Oh, I see. And I remember something about, she had written some of this, or at least the the request, I want to say it was in a guest book. Is this right? Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't just a post-it note. It was in the book that yeah. anybody walking by could have read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Just making sure. Yeah. So probably another guest who signed in right after them. Always possible. Yeah. As mentioned, they did this every night. This was what they did every night. So it was a strong pattern. And had somebody been planning anything nefarious, it would have been a fairly easy thing to plan because they knew exactly what was going to happen at 8.30 every night. Oh, uh, and also, uh, as a fun side note, because the patio was closest to the restaurant, they... This is is what drives me nuts. Yeah, they left the patio door unlocked because it only locked from the inside. They They left it closed, but they left it unlocked. Instead of, you know, adding the extra whatever 10 seconds to walk around to the front and use your key and at least kind of safely have your kids in a locked apartment. Seems like a better idea. Seems like a better idea. Again, it's one of those little red flags, right, that you would think, I would think as a not parent who doesn't have to deal with kids all the time, I would think I would absolutely lock them in that apartment. Uh, Sure, I would too. I, I, I can see this. 
I can see my parents doing something like this in the late 70s, mm-hmm. early 80s yeah. when people didn't have bad things happen all the time that they knew about. Not to say that bad things didn't happen, but when everybody is so security conscious, it shocks me. And the only thing that I can think that prompted this is a bit of what you were alluding to, which is they come from a very comfortable, safe place. So those simple security steps just don't seem necessary. Yeah. Well, that's the only way I I can rationalize this. And you're uh, you're in a fancy resort too. You have a, you know, people would typically expect things to be safer conditions there, right? Yeah, but it's not, I, I, the sense that I have is that the patio opens out into a street, or uh-huh. at least an alleyway. Now, it's this, not. Oh, the, so the, the the patio. I thought the patio doors were visible from the tapas restaurant. They weren't. They were. They were. But just because it's visible, yeah. doesn't mean you're staring at it the whole time. No, no, not at all. But and I mean, it's yeah. a row of patio doors, so you know mm-hmm. the person that's in the apartment next to you may be coming and going out of the patio doors, and you don't. You can't necessarily tell the difference, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I suppose it's dark and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how many times have you been out at a restaurant on a patio in the evening and had a conversation and dinner with people and never noticed the jillion people that walked by across the street? Mm-hmm. You're yeah. focused in front of you, not really far away, not to say that they're bad parents and they weren't watching, but you can't watch that continually. No, yeah. you, would, you would think they'd be like kind of keeping an eye on it, though. You would. You'd you think would that. would think yeah. that, wouldn't you? I would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To their credit, the parents did take shifts on checking on the kids, you know, because all of the parents, it wasn't just Maddie's, Madeline's parents. I'm going to call her Maddie. Um, I've seen it a couple times. It's not always there, but I am going to call her Maddie just so you guys cool. know. Same, no problem. It's the same thing. I'm not adding a new character. Don't worry. <laughs> Maddie's parents weren't the only ones who left a, a kid unattended. As I said, there were eight kids in total and they were all left in their rooms. And I think they all, as far as I can understand, had unlocked patio doors and they were all doing the same thing. They were all kind of doing the same thing. Well, there's thing. five other children besides the McCanns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. they had the twins and then mm-hmm. Madeline. Yeah. 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 Jerry carried out the first check at 9.05 p.m., which was, you know, about a half hour after they left him alone. He said that he thought that he had left the door to the kids' room only slightly open at maybe a 5 or 10 degrees openness An angle. angle. Yeah. But when he checked on them, the door was wide open. He pulled it back to be almost entirely shut after, you know, glancing in on them and then returned to dinner. And then at 9.15, another one of the top of seven, uh, Jane Tanner, went to check on her kids. She said that she passed Jerry on the way back to check on her kids. You know, like I said, it was that alleyway streetway they would have both had to have walked on to get to their apartments. And he said that he had stopped to chat with another vacationer on his way back. And the oddity here is that neither Jerry nor the other man saw Jane Tanner. And the the street was apparently pretty narrow. It sounds more like it's an alley than a street to me. Yeah, that's kind of my sense. It's like an alleyway. It's not... Yeah, it's an alleyway, basically. But it's a fair... You know, it's a, it's a street that people take to walk and things like that. It's not like a weird dead-end alleyway or anything. Right, it's not full of dumpsters and yeah. rats and all yeah. of that. It's just more of a walkway than it is a... Anyway, so that's that's a little odd that they would have not seen her. Mm, yeah. And so, yeah, it's unlikely that she could have just passed them without them noticing or anything like that. Anyways, Tanner said that she saw a man with a child in his arms cross the street just ahead of her. We'll get more on that later. But she checked in with her kids and then returned to dinner. 
At 9.30, Kate had intended to check on her kids, but one of the other, or one of the top of seven, not other top of seven, said that he was going to go check on his kids, so he'd look on in on theirs too, because, hey, the door's unlocked, so he can just peek in. No problem. It's important to note that these che- these checks weren't necessarily to make sure that they were the kind of checks you do when you've got kids who maybe wake up in the middle of the night and start playing when they're not supposed to. Not the kind of checks that you do when you've left your apartment unlocked in a weird place. And you're paranoid about your kids getting stolen. Yeah. yeah. And I, I've, I've got to say, initially, that's what I took from when Jerry said, well, I swear I shut that door and then it was open. Mm-hmm. That was my initial reaction is that Madeline must have gotten up. Yeah, maybe she had something. to use the bathroom or that's something. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not to, not to pull us off track, but just... No, no, no. I mean, I think that's a, that's a very easy thing, and we should definitely keep that in mind, that you've got a kid who's probably pretty potty trained at that point, you know, may wake up in the middle of the night, have to go to the bathroom, is not going to close the door all the way, you know, all of that sort of stuff. It's unlikely that she would have woken up a half an hour, after, just a half an hour after they'd put her down, but I guess she had been asleep for about an hour and a half at that point. Yeah. Um, so she may have. You know, it's it's we we do need to keep it's that in mind plausible. for sure. Absolutely. But as I said, this it's important to note that this is the kind of check you do to make sure your kid isn't like up and playing. Matthew Oldfield was the one who he was one of the top of seven. He was the one who did this check. Oh, in place of, of Kate. Uh, for Kate. Yeah. Yeah. And he said that he didn't hear any noises coming from the room, but the door was once again wide open, so he pulled it shut without looking in the room. Right? Because he didn't hear a kid playing or, you know, making noises or anything in distress. So he just thought, oh, they're fine. They're sleeping. I'm not going to bother to actually look. Mm. When Jerry uh, when Jerry went earlier and pulled the door shut, did he actually look to see if the he kids... He said that he saw the kids. Okay. Yeah, he said that he looked and that Maddie was in her bed at that time. Okay. But that's what he said. Yeah. In fairness. At about 10, Kate did actually do another check. She entered through the patio doors and noticed that the door to the kids' room was once again wide open. And when she attempted to close it, uh, it slammed shut on her like there was a draft in the room, maybe. A note, again, to mention that it seems unlikely had the door not slammed, Kate would have actually looked in the room. She did look in the room? Well, I don't think she was planning on it. I think it was kind of like when Jerry did his, or I guess it was when Matthew did his. She just went to close the door. She didn't seem to actually look in the room. Now, that's kind of inexplicable. Okay, well, <laughs> why... Why in the hell are you going to look at in your apartment at your kids if all you're doing is to go in and stand and go and listen? I don't hear anything. Wouldn't you just peek in, see if they're there, you know, and then wander back? Because isn't that why you're going to check on them? You want to make sure they're not getting into trouble, not to make sure that they're there. Okay, I, because I don't, don't have kids, get and I haven't, haven't ever <laughs> dealt with young children, but to me, it would seem logical if I'm going to go make sure they're up, I'm just going to look in and make sure that somebody's not just sitting there fidgeting and is actually asleep. So, yes, and, I agree. Every time I've ever taken care of kids, overnight or otherwise, if they're supposed to be sleeping, I will actually put eyes on them. Yeah, that's, there's right? that. But also, doors slamming on their own like that. Um, doesn't that raise suspicions right there? Well, but that's why, right? That's what I'm saying is that I'm just making the note that she saw the doors open and she thought, oh, I will close that door. And she went to close it and it slammed. So she opened it up and realized that Maddie wasn't there anymore. Mm. Oh, she opened it. Okay. Yeah. After it slammed shut on her. <laughs> uh-huh. I was just mentioning that it seems that 
her intention was simply to close the door and had it not slammed, I don't know that she would have opened it. Yeah. Not to, you know, be libeling anybody, but it doesn't seem like she would have. No, it seems like her intention was to make sure there was no noise and then Mm -hmm. get back to dinner. Yeah. Uh, On the bed was Maddie's cuddle cat and blanket, but not, not Maddie. And Kate ran back to the restaurant screaming. uh, And the window was open, correct? The window was open. And the The window had a security shutter, correct? I don't know if it was a security shutter, but it it was was a a shutter. shutter. Mm -hmm. Uh, The pictures I've seen, because I've seen pictures of the shutters, they look like they're just shutters. They don't look like they're security measure of any kind. Oh, okay. Okay, so Kate ran back to the restaurant screaming, they've taken her. Of note, right? Mm -hmm. She's screaming, they've taken her. Yeah, whoever they are. <clears throat> yeah, and then at ten ten, Oldfield Matthew, the guy who did the check right before Maddie was taken earlier check, yeah, or maybe she was taken. Who knows? Uh, was sent to reception to have the resort call the police. And at ten thirty, the resort activated its quote missing child search protocol. The staff above of about sixty people looked for Maddie until about four thirty a.m. and apparently. At first, everybody kind of thought that Maddie had just woken up and wandered off. Mm-hmm. That's understandable. Good reason to lock your kids in the apartment. Yeah, it is understandable. However, it created some problems. Yeah. 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 Two National Guard officers showed up at 11.10 p.m. They searched briefly, but soon decided, oh, hey, actually, we need the criminal police here. So the criminal police were alerted and they arrived at about midnight. And this is the National Guard. These guys are uh, Portugal yeah, National Portuguese Guard. Yeah, Portuguese National Guard. Okay. And then at about 2 a.m., two patrol dogs showed up. And then not until 8 a.m. did four search and rescue dogs show up. Yeah, these, these are dogs with sensitive snouts, right? Yes. The patrol dogs, I think, are are just kind of to smell... I don't have a good sense on what they're good they're for. They're a canine unit. Yeah, they're just it. canine units. Yeah, but yeah, then the search and rescue somebody, dogs, you know? the search and rescue dogs would have been meant to smell, but you know, not until 8 a.m. Yeah. And this is where That's we big, encounter yeah. the biggest problem of this case, really, is that everyone other than the top of seven and the McCanns seem to have thought that Maddie just woke up, woke up and wandered off. So the area wasn't treated like a crime scene at all. In fact, about 20 people accessed the room that Maddie had been taken from before it was closed off, thus probably ruining almost all of the evidence that would have existed. The room was never actually secured, and though it laid empty for about a month after the abduction, the resort rented the room out before forensic evidence was taken in August. Can I, this uh, room was rented out that's, uh, before forensic evidence was taken. Kind of muddies the trail, yeah. Uh, wait, oh, uh, let me let me ask a question that I think you might have answered, but how long was it before the cops decided this was something other than a wandered off kid? I think it was at two a.m. when the dogs arrived. They decided, and it took them over a month to get their forensic guys in there yeah they actually had uh some fingerprints taken the day after but you can see the picture you should look it up online oh yeah there's stomps people were trooping through there like man oh no the guy who was taking fingerprints wasn't wearing gloves uh-huh. he was dusting for prints without gloves on this is a Okay, that wasn't the phrase I was going to use. It, it's it's a crap show, mm-hmm. is what it is. It is. It's, it's a cluster. Yeah. 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 A bit yeah. of a cluster. Good Lord. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Okay, so it gets better. Oh, uh, are you sure? The exterior of the building wasn't cordoned off at all, right? So there was a crowd that showed up. 
that was walking all over the area that the abductor, if there was an abductor, would have taken, like, from the window. If he'd gone up the, the window, then, yeah, there would have been footprints Yeah, there. so they yeah. all stomped all over that. Also, it wasn't until 10 a.m. that police put up roadblocks. And let's be fair, right? If you've taken a child and you're about to beat feet out of town, it's not going to take you 12 hours. You're going to do it immediately. Mm -hmm. So putting roadblocks up 12 hours after a kid has gone missing, not so helpful. Furthermore, it took Interpol five days to issue a global missing persons alert. Well, that's awesome. Five days. Mm -hmm. You can fly anywhere in the world in five days. Mm -hmm. Easily. In a day. In a day. In 12 hours. Yeah. Not really in 12 hours. But, you know, that gives you ample time to cover your tracks and cover your tracks and cover your tracks. You know, you get on a plane, you get on another plane, you take a car, or whatever. You, or as simple as you drive out of town, you drive to another town, you hang out for a day, you go to another town. Mm -hmm. By the time they come through, this this trail is ice cold. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I, I doubt that this guy actually got on a plane with his oh. with a stolen kid. I suspect not. No. I suspect he probably lived in Portugal and just drove on home where he had a basement, you know, with, a, with chains in the walls and all kinds. As you can imagine, the media grabbed onto this one pretty quick, obviously. And as you, you kind of want that to happen with missing persons reports like this, because the more that that missing child's face is out there in the world, the more likely it is that somebody's going to see, you know, if the kid is out in the world, the more likely it is that somebody's going to see that kid and think, oh, hey, I know. I've seen that kid before. I'll call the police and report that I saw that kid. Mm -hmm. It's the same reason that you send out Amber Alerts in, yeah, in America. It's a good thing. Right? You, you know, we get Amber Alerts sometimes for, you know, abducted or missing children three states away because who knows they might be there. Who and knows Amber that car might have made are it here. super effective. They're really effective. They're, they're highly annoying because, yeah, it's from several states away. Or, it you know, they say, it was a white Subaru, and every guy in a white Subaru <laughs> is getting pulled over by the cops. So they're angering a lot of people, but they have well, good results. And besides which, I hate people that drive white Subarus, so I think that's a good thing. <laughs> well, no, but, I mean, I think that, that Steve brings up a good point, is that because the media did grab onto this so quickly, there were a lot of sightings reported you can look at pictures of Maddie, and with the one exception of a very outstanding feature, she kind of just looks like a very cute little white girl. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, she does. That's nothing remarkable, yeah. Well, there is one remarkable thing. Yeah. And I think that we'll talk about that in a second instead of talking about it now. Okay. Right. Sounds good. Actually, no. Let's talk about it now. Okay. This is the posters that circulated in Portugal. I was hoping to find a good picture of to use as the photo for this mystery but i there aren't any really good pictures of it but the slogan was look because maddie in her right eye right eye steve's making a little thinking face in her right eye has a tear in her iris that makes it look like she just has it's a discoloration it's a dis well yeah. yeah it's a discoloration it looks like a black stripe. it looks like a black stripe through her eye yeah iris not you know full eye but through her iris and that's very distinctive that's not something you can hide. No. Not, but it's That's not, not something that you can fake. Oh, no, not at all. It's not something that a, a witness is going to really notice from more than you know, a couple of feet away. I, that's true. But I th that, was the, that was the campaign was look. Mm -hmm. It right? was. And it, actually, the O's were like, looked like her eyes because, it, you know, if she was out in public, all you had to do was look in her eyes and you see that and you're like, oh, hey, I know what that kid is. So mm. that's, that's fair. But you, it is true that 
you know, as long as you keep even her eyes hidden or, you know, whatever, it's, it's pretty easy to conceal. Mm, it's not like, you know, half of her body was a birthmark or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she no. was a tattooed three-year-old. <laughs> that wouldn't happen. That'd have been weird. Yeah. So here's another thing. Aside from the weird handling of the crime scene, in Portugal, they have anything that's a oh, criminal investigation yes. is constrained by, by what's known as a secrecy clause, which means that there are no official updates or press conferences or suspects or policy. witness names or anything, which is a problem. Yeah. Uh, one journalist was quoted as saying it it created a leak system instead of a watertight system, which I think is probably true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's if the if the media is scrambling for any details, they're going to offer money to get those details. And of course, a cop who's got you know an okay wage, well, you can just make a couple of bucks on the side. Mm-hmm. Here's a detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Maybe that's uh, maybe you know maybe, maybe that's why. Maybe the maybe the police actually like supported the passage of this thing just so they could make a little money on yeah. the side. Yeah, it made the whole thing a, a freaking media circus. Though was the problem. Well, mm-hmm. so oh, and yeah. actually, it's interesting to me the McCanns. You may or may not know. If you know the story, you know. The McCanns were, like, suspects. They still are suspects in a lot of people's minds. They've officially been cleared, but, again, we're not there yet. But one of the biggest, weirdest reasons to me that the Portuguese police deemed the McCanns to be suspects is because they refused to honor this silence code and did talk to the media. And because of that, the Portuguese police said, oh, well, clearly you're suspects because you're trying to hide something. They accused them of turning the investigation into what Steve said, a media circus. And that's just a different cultural approach to the the whole situation is what it is. It's a different cultural approach, but it's also, you know, of the things that the McCanns did, this is one of the ones I understand the most. Because if your kid goes missing, you want her face freaking everywhere. Absolutely. Everywhere. And how do you do that? The media. And turns out, actually, this media circus was so large that photos of Maddie were literally the most reproduced image of the decade. That is not a lie. That is an actual Mm -hmm. statistic. Photos of Madeline McCann were the most reproduced image of the decade. What was number two? I don't know. I would assume something to do with, like, 9-11 or something. I don't know. Yeah, or something having to do with nudity. Yeah. Celebrities. But yeah. In July of 2007, and as a side note, this case moves so slow. Yeah, it's still, it's still, she, they're she still investigating in, this. In May, in May 3rd. In no, 2006. 2007. 2007? Oh, was it 2007? Mm-hmm. Okay. In May of 2007, early May, May 3rd, 2007 is when she disappeared. So in July of 2007, somebody thought, oh, hey, you know what we should do is get some sniffer dogs from Britain. Let's bring them over. Maybe they'll be able to find something. Which is a, a good idea. Should have happened earlier. I don't know that sniffer dogs are so good that they could do anything a few months later. But, but sure, yeah, why it's, not? It's like I mean, so many, so many other scents and people have trampled over the crime scene mm-hmm. and everything else. Yeah, how can so they possibly do anything? One of them named Keela was a trained was trained to alert to traces of human blood, and the other one, Eddie, was what's called an enhanced victim recovery dog, which basically alerts to human cadavers. And it should be noted they can't alert to specific cadavers and specific blood, just the presence of human blood or decaying human bodies. They're dogs. They're dogs. They're dogs. And there are some dogs. You know, bloodhounds can trace the scent of a human being living, you know, within a couple hours and things like that. These are not that kind These of dogs. These are search dogs. They're 
they're identification dogs. They can alert to the presence of blood. And ostensibly, at that point, somebody can take a sample of that area and test it and then find what they can find from that, hopefully. The dogs were taken to two beaches that were close to the resort, uh, the house of one of the suspects and many of the apartments in the resort. The only place that the dogs gave alerts was in the McCann's apartment, 5A. Both dogs gave alerts. So um, if uh, the cadaver dog had, say, uh, let's say if there had been a, a dead body in, in an apartment and it had been gone for two or three months... It's dog. my understanding that the dog would have been able to identify uh, that. Really? Yeah. yeah, because it's a it's a search. He's a victim recovery dog, mm-hmm. so he ostensibly. I get. I don't know. I keep saying ostensibly. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> okay. I'm given to understand that, and I could be wrong, but I think that he would have been able to smell any presence of cadaver of dead body. Yeah. But the know. thing the thing that's weird about that is that it, you know I've, I don't want to like stomp all over your story. No, no stomp away. You know, some people, like, they, like for example, the Portuguese police, for example, accused the McCann's of, of sedating Madeline and accidentally overdosing her and killing her. Another theory that they have is she, she died accidentally in an, in an accident. We're not there they, yet, but and yeah. they tried to cover that up. The thing about it is, is and of course, when you die, you're a cadaver right away. Mm-hmm. But you don't start smelling like a cadaver for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, t- it takes a while for you to become to actually smell like a cadaver, mm-hmm. which is why this is, uh, I have a little problem with the, the dog. I mean, I I just can't figure out why this dog would have gone on high alert. I agree. Yeah. In this situation, I agree. I think the thought of bringing him along was that you know they took them to the beaches and things like that. Looking they thought, for a place where the body might for, have been yeah. stashed. Yeah. Yeah. The, the I don't think the intention was for him to alert in the apartment, but he did. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which is a little weird. You don't necessarily want there to be a cadaver dog saying, "Hey, there's the smell of a cadaver in your apartment." Uh, behind the sofa. Behind the sofa. Could yeah. there have been a dead rat in the wall? Maybe. It's human human cadavers only. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. There goes that. Wow. Ha! Stomping all over your theory now. I like the dead rat theory. I'm yeah. sticking with it. Anyways, the dogs did both alert behind the sofa. That is an interesting point. Again, I don't know what that means, but it means something to some people. In August. <laughs> Again, this thing moves real slow. Seems like time would be of the essence to find a missing little girl, but fine, whatever. In August, the police took several items from the McCanns, both from when Maddie had been alive and after she disappeared. Clothes, the cuddle cat. Um, Kate had borrowed a Bible from one of her friends after the disappearance. Things like that. Eddie and Kilo were put in a room with these items, and at least one of the dogs possibly both of them alerted to all of the items it's not published which one did it's possible both of them did that's interesting right because it's items from pre-disappearance and post-disappearance the mccann's lawyers argue i think maybe validly although also maybe not validly that because the McCanns were both physicians they would have encountered dead bodies and blood in their line of work and therefore could have transferred it to those items 
Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a very valid point. I think it's a valid point, though I don't know why necessarily when you encounter blood in your workplace, you don't wash it off. Instead, you take it and put it, you know, on yeah. your kid's cuddle cat, well, yeah, for I instance. Know. Yeah, you wipe, wipe you your know, hands or on a the kid, Yeah, sure, well, a kid, like, bleeds on it or something. I think that it's fair. I wish I knew which one yeah, the alerted. Of, also, yeah. I don't really want to go see a physician who's, like, dealing with dead bodies all the time. Well, and the thing about it is, is when you're dealing with a dead body, you put on gloves and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you're not necessarily going to go touch a Bible or like your disappeared kid's blanket. And, but... and also, the, 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 a trace or two of blood is not a big... People cut themselves all the time. I mean, so the existence of blood is not necessarily sinister. Which is why I wish I knew which dog alerted. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying, because if it's the cadaver dog, that, that makes it even stranger. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I agree. The, the dog that's going to smell blood, uh, yeah, we can see very mundane reasons. But the cadaver dog... Being a doctor, if you have to occasionally go to the morgue, doesn't mean that you're covered in dead people's stank yeah. and then roll around all of your possessions yeah, you should while carrying that. Well, let's continue because it gets a little more interesting. I do have more information about some other stuff. Okay. Um, Eddie and Kilo were then taken to an uh, underground parking garage that had the McCann's car and another one of the suspect's car and then a lot of cars that weren't. You know, now, control cars. Did the, uh, the, the the suspect car, did they police actually put that there? Yes. It wasn't just randomly parked. No, no, no. They, they did like a lineup of cars basically okay. for the dogs. And the Eddie, the cadaver dog, alerted outside of the McCann's car and into the trunk of their car. And I didn't even, I couldn't even find if the McCann's had driven to their holiday or not. But the fact that a human cadaver dog would be alerting to anything around a car is suspicious a and bit. weird. A bit. There are, I do want to just go ahead and say, I have not seen these videos. I'm just taking on faith that this stuff happened. And there are some reports from some skeptics that say that the handlers can be seen directing the dogs to alert in these areas. Oh, really? But uh, it's so not tainting. widespread. It's Those are not widespread beliefs, but... There are some, I just, I want to make sure that that makes it into this episode, that there is some speculation that the handlers are saying, oh, this is the McCann's car. Although I don't think that the handlers knew whose car was whose. It seems like it would be poor police work if you were going to do a lineup of cars and say, uh, handlers, just so you know, these that, are the okay, cars. We're, we're, the suspect car. Uh-huh. Um, so these folks are British. Yeah. So they would have had a car with a British license plate on it. Mm -hmm. uh, most was likely, the suspect... Most likely, don't you think they flew there and rented a car? Not necessarily, because it's it's actually... I know Spain is not that far away, and you I know people... They could have taken, like, a ferry. Yeah. Well, it probably would but, be but, cheaper to rent a car than, than take your car over on a ferry, really. But, let, but let's, just say, let's just say they took their car. Okay. They have a car that had a, has a British license plate. Now, this is, again, saying it's their mm -hmm. personal car. Suspect. Was it a local? Yeah, he was so a local. So he would have had a car with local license on it. Yeah, and again, I don't know. I didn't. I couldn't find out where this lineup was done because it was the British police that did the lineup, but I don't know if it was done in Portugal or where. This is, again, this is one of those frustrations where I wish there was more information, but I can't find it. it I'm like sure it it's in the original police reports, but I can't requisition those because this is still an open case. <laughs> it's yeah. still secret, but... Uh, it sounds like though, I mean Eddie and Keila were flown to Portugal for this for their investigation. So That's it, my, sounds, it yeah. sounds like it probably it Yeah, took so place I don't but I don't know if it was a rental car or or their car. But again, I would say that a cadaver dog alerting outside of your car is not 
a great thing. No, that's uh, <laughs> that was that would be bad news. Even if it's just a rental, right? Well, you know, if it's a rental, then probably the previous renter probably murdered somebody mm-hmm. and you know stuffed the body in the trunk, and it's you know, nothing yeah. to do with you. Yep. Okay. Fine. So whatever. Fine. Uh, in August fifteenth. Uh, the Times reported that forensic evidence said that the blood found in the bedroom that Maddie had disappeared from was that of a man. I don't think we had mentioned that there had been blood found there. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, there was yeah. blood found there. It was a man. It was a man's. It was Keely had, or Keela had alerted to that blood as well. And that so was a man's blood. Obviously, there was a fight. There was a struggle. Maddie there was fought. a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. She fought tooth and nail. Yeah. No. <laughs> she grabbed yeah. her K bar knife and yeah. slashed, but yeah. <laughs> there, she um, kept it in Eeyore. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was some DNA testing done, but I'm not really going to get into it because I've deemed it very unreliable. If you really, you should look at it if you want. Um, they did a really controversial DNA test that's highly, highly sensitive. And the forensic that scientists. Was the stuff that was found in the, in the car, the, in the trunk of the car. Yeah. Right? And the forensic yeah. scientists that did the testing said it was super unconclusive. And the media said it was 100%. It was Maddie's DNA. Uh-huh. So I'm not even going to go there because I trust those scientists way more than I trust the media. Yeah, but you know, there's nothing unusual about her DNA being in the trunk anyway. Because I mean, when, when we were all kids, if we were bad and we were on a car trip, the parents would always just throw. I don't you in feel the like trunk. I need to know about your childhood, Joe. <laughs> oh, okay, that didn't happen. Joe, to that's you? actually not no. normal. No, it's, <laughs> it's not. not. No, no. not oh, at all. Holy, holy crap! Sorry, dude. No, okay. So, can we talk about suspects or theories or whatever? It's suspects this time, not theories. Can we talk about that? For yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can we just go ahead? Cool. We're not going to talk about all of them. In 2013, the Metropolitan Police of London said that they had 38 persons of interest. So we are obviously not going to talk about all of them. Please. Nope, yeah. not going to happen. Uh, the first suspect or theory or something that we're going to talk about is the Tanner sighting. You guys remember Jane Tanner? Yeah. Don't make toppers. that face at me. Jane Tanner. Yeah, she was one of the top of seven. She was the one who said that she totally saw Jerry talking to that dude, but neither of them oh, saw Oh, the, the reliable lady. Yeah, Got the it. totally yeah. reliable one. Yeah. But besides seeing Jerry, she saw a man. Yeah. She said she saw a man carrying a child ahead of her when she was heading to check on her own kids. She said that the man was white, dark haired, about five foot seven, and of southern European or Mediterranean appearance, 35 to 40 years old, wearing gold or beige trousers and a dark jacket, but she didn't see his face, so... I don't know how she knew all those things. Yeah, yeah well, we've talked about how reliable memory is before mm-hmm. in cases like this. Mm-hmm. And it in was other dark. Words, it's completely mm-hmm. unreliable. Yeah, it was but... dark. But okay. So she, uh, he apparently did not look like a tourist. He looked like he was a local. And she claimed that he was carrying a barefooted child who was wearing light-colored PJs with a floral pr- print and ruffle cuffs. The description does match the PJs that Maddie was wearing at the time. That's fair. The police said that that sighting was actually of another British tourist who was picking his kid up from the kids club and carrying her home. She had been sleeping. And in fact, Oh, cause like we talked about earlier, you could leave them there leave later. Them there. Yeah. Got it. And they did the responsible thing when they went to dinner and they <laughs> sent their kid to the kids club and had them sleep there uh, while they were waiting for them to be done with dinner. But they actually did a reproduction of this, scene eventually they found the man and did a photo shoot with him in the clothes that he was wearing that night carrying his daughter in the pj she was wearing and it's it looks exactly like that it looks exactly like that so we basically just nipped that one right in the bud yeah the man actually later sued for libel 
against Jane Tanner and the media. <laughs> it's generally accepted that this is a really bad theory. Dude, how did he do in his uh, libel suit against Jane Tanner? He did pretty good. He won. Against her? He won against all of them. Yeah, but she didn't libel him. She did. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. yeah she didn't. But I think he won. She saw what she saw. Anyways, I mean. the, the, the even more important thing about this is that most people say that she didn't actually even report this until November 16th. Um, oh, that's strange. There are some other reports that say that she did actually report this immediately, but the police didn't really reveal the information until late May. And I couldn't figure out which one was true. The more widely spread one is that she didn't reveal this until in November. But uh, again, I I don't know. I don't have access to the police reports. I also don't speak Portuguese, so I wouldn't be able to read them even if I did have access to them. How about Google Translate? It's really bad with Portuguese. <laughs> it's bad This is actually true. I used to have a friend who spoke Portuguese, and I could, could never actually translate stuff. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the only reason that I thought this was interesting, or anybody thought this was interesting initially, was because they thought that maybe it gave a time frame for when Maddie went missing. Because we don't really know exactly when. No. She was no longer in the apartment. What's accepted now is that she was she was taken just like moments before Kate discovered that she was taken. And we'll talk about this more in a second. Okay. Actually, we're about to talk about it, but I just wanted to also mention because Jane said that she saw the man at 9.15, but I don't think, I don't think that that was a good time frame. We're going to talk about the Smith sightings now because it was another report of a man carrying a child. And this time it was by people who are not part of the top of seven, nor were they even staying at the resort as far as I can tell. They were on vacation from Ireland. Their names were Martin and Mary Smith. Just talk about... <laughs> Those Names. weird couples. Yeah. And apparently Portugal, like, super popular with people from, like, the British Isles and the UK. And, oh, my gosh, I feel like I just, like, I'm going to get in so much trouble because I don't think Ireland is part of the UK or the British Isles. Um, it's not. I think I might have just it's part of the Isles, gotten but really offensive. I'm Portugal sorry, everyone. and Spain are indeed huge destinations for the British because well, it's close, mm -hmm. it's cheap, yeah. and it's not wet and cold, yeah. which is what the UK is. Yeah, so yeah. It, that area is chucked full of tourists. Yeah. I'm sure it is. And by the way, I, I believe Ireland is part of the UK. The United Kingdom? Yeah. Northern Ireland is. Well, yeah, Northern Ireland. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, we'll cover that card. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Martin and Mary reported seeing a man at about 10 p.m. carrying a child towards the beach. It was an odd time to be doing that, but okay, fine, whatever. They thought that the girl was probably three or four years old. She was wearing light-colored PJs and had blonde hair and pale skin. The man, they said, was probably in his mid-30s. He was about five foot seven to five foot nine. He was slim, had short brown hair, and was wearing light pants. They said that the man looked like he was a local and he didn't seem comfortable carrying the child. And I've always thought that these sightings could be the same man, but they cited this person cited? Yeah. Saw. They saw this person. Cited is good. Yeah. Further away than what you know, the the initial sighting forty five minutes later, he wasn't forty five minutes away. So it probably wasn't the same person unless he was just walking circles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got this kid. I took it from an apartment. I don't, I don't know what know to where do with I it. <laughs> I just keep walking in circles. Yeah, I don't see that happening. So here's the thing that's interesting to me. And yes, I'm setting myself up for my favorite theory, in fairness. 
both sightings, but particularly the EFIT images that were created from the Smith sighting. EFIT? Okay, okay. EFITs are um, electronic facial identification techniques. They're basically forensic drawings, but digital. Oh, so instead of a sketch artist, you've got mm-hmm. a digital artist. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Makes total sense. Yeah, they both look, a, or well, that one particularly looks a lot like Jerry McCann to me. And I think Steve and I talked about this a little bit before we started recording. And I think what he has to say is fair. But I also want to mention that the chain of evidence is pretty good on this because Mary and Martin, as far as I can tell, hadn't seen Jerry prior to creating this eFit sketch. And also, I don't think that they knew that Maddie was missing before they reported this. When did they sighting. make this the sketch? This sketch? Yeah. It was like within a couple of hours, I think. I don't know for sure. Okay. But it's just, that's what I'm given to understand is that they hadn't seen Jerry. Okay. Well, and and this is what I, you and I were talking about earlier is Jerry is not a super unique looking individual. He's, he's Mm -hmm. got a very, a very common set of facial traits and the guy that's in this e-fit matches the appearance of about a half dozen people at my office. They're, but also matches Jerry. Well, somewhat. Somewhat. <clears throat> See, and, and that's that's the perfect point. Joe just hit it on the head. Somewhat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's not as if it's a dead ringer. Well, yeah. and I understand that. In it's fairness, a that ethic could be a dead ringer for a lot of people. It, that, you yeah. Thank you. No, it absolutely could, but it also could be a dead ringer for him. Yeah. Okay. You know, I think it's yeah. It could I be, just I just want to put that out. Absolutely. There. Yeah. It, it could be a lot of people, but it could be him. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, definitely. But there's there's a lot of differences when you look at it too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, the jawline, the eyebrows, they're they're way different. Yeah, that's um, true. Hairline's a bit different. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, it's dark. Yeah, true that. I guess it's interesting, you know. And Jerry was at the restaurant. Almost everyone who placed him there, however, was part of the top at seven. And servers wouldn't have really noticed. I don't think that servers really notice when somebody is away from the table for a long period of time. You know, had he been going, getting up and checking on the kids, things like that. He could have been gone for a half an hour uh, before anybody would have really noticed. I don't think that that's something that's tracked. But, Uh, yeah, the top is seven. I'm, I'm assuming those people weren't covering up for him. If he, if he disappeared long enough to go murder Madeline and dispose of the body and everything like that, I'm, you know, you would think that people would have noticed that he's he's been gone for an hour or two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But if you were going to like, if you were gonna, oh my gosh, we're gonna get into the like stuff Steve doesn't like. But if you, if, yeah, that's what this look on my face I know, is I see all it. about. I see it. If she had died earlier mm-hmm. and they placed her in her bed so that if anybody else were to check on her, it looked like she was sleeping mm-hmm. and he were just going to dispose of the body quickly. Yeah. that I mean, he would probably have time to do that. He wouldn't have time to, you know, create a whole thing, but he probably would have had time, especially because there's a little bit of weird unaccounted for time. Mm-hmm. Would have, he would have had time to maybe go <laughs> retrieve the body and, like, and put, and, it in the, put it in the trunk of the car. Yeah. Or for later the, disposal. But yeah, absolutely. but, um, and I, but we're, are we going to talk about the whole theory that they, they, the kid or that Maddie might have died of by an accident? Or yeah, by, we will. yeah. We'll talk about yeah. that later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. We will. Uh, the next theory suspect is the f- the person who was first the first suspect in this case robert murat Mur- murat 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 that, that works murat is robert better. 
Robert. I'm, Bob. I am going to call him Robert. Call him Bob. He was a local property consultant, and he was, like I said, the first suspect. He lived about 150 yards from the McCann's apartment, so close by. He was a local. And it was the, his apartment, or no, the house he lived in, sorry, he lived with his mother. The house he lived in was in the direction that Jane Tanner said that she saw a man walking. It just, blah. He was an official inter interpreter until his interest was deemed a little too uh, real. What? <laughs> um, well, he offered to translate. He was, he was fluent both in Portuguese and English. Uh -huh. So he offered to translate the statements that the sus or that the tapas ate and all of that, all everybody had given. And I guess the British police decided that that was really suspicious. The British police did or the Portuguese Yeah, no, police? the British police decided it was really ah, suspicious. Yeah. They mentioned, hey, that's a little suspicious. And the Portuguese police said, oh, yeah, it is a little suspicious, huh? So they well, I mean, named he, his named him as a suspect. He could have been, um, what's the... Uh, What's the, the word I'm looking for when you... He's a good Samaritan. He could have been mm -hmm. just trying to be a good Samaritan. Well, he says that his interest in the case was that he had recently lost custody of his three-year-old daughter. And so his heart kind of went out to these people who had just lost their three-year-old daughter. And he wanted to help as best he yeah, could. Yeah, that mm -hmm. makes sense. Which, well, it turns out, was the... You know, the Portuguese police verified that and said, oh, my gosh, we're so sorry. Uh, and um, the other thing, too, is that he might have wanted some attention. I mean, in fact, getting involved in this case is possibly going to get your face, you know, your your picture in the newspaper. Yeah, he might and have. And, like I, that. you know, I think there are a lot of totally innocent reasons that he could have wanted to get involved in this case. But three of the top of seven said that they saw Robert around the apartment 5A at that time. But, um, oh, hey, he lived 160 yards away. Probably they did. Probably. Or they saw somebody who looked like him because his mom said that he was home all evening. Okay, well, everybody knows your mom always covers. Your mom's going to say, no, no, he was here. I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> no. I'm not being, I'm not joking. It's just no, that's that true. It's a mom's true. automatic reaction in yeah. almost every case that we've ever looked at, or whether it be on this podcast or not, their mom always backs them. Because yeah. it's a maternal thing you do. Yeah. You protect your child. Of Absolutely. course, of course. But the thing about it is, is that if he shows, if he comes wandering on home with a three-year-old girl in tow, and he's like, Mom, I just kidnapped this three-year-old girl, and she's going to be my sex slave or something like that. Mom is probably not going to be down with that. But no, if she says, not. we now have a, a little girl to raise, Mom might be on board with that. Maybe. But then again, you got to wonder, too. I mean, I guess she might be, but you, know, you would think that as a mother she would recognize the tremendous grief that it would bring to the real mother of Maddie. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it would have been easy enough, you know, for her to just say, oh, yeah, no, we found her. Uh -huh. But yeah. it doesn't matter because a huge search for evidence was carried out on the mom's house, uh, you know, through the car. His car was the one that was the suspect car that the dogs sniffed at. Uh, literally nothing was found. They like scoured the crap out of everything that he owned, every place he'd been, everywhere he lived. They called in character witnesses, all of that stuff. Nothing was found. They said, oh, oops, sorry, you're innocent. Wow. And eventually, you know, this, this happened to the McCanns too. Um, the media pretty much just deemed him guilty for a while. And he sued a couple different uh, media agencies for libel and eventually won more than eight hundred thousand uh dollars -huh. in good. those suits That's combined. That's a hell of a winning. It's a good winning. Not bad. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. So I would say I agree. He's probably innocent. I would say so. Yeah. 
now here's a, a thing I need Joe to pronounce. Yeah, say for me. Christ, I don't know. It's been a long time since I took German, but I, I'm going Ursthans von Eich. That'd be my guess. Yeah, okay. There's a tenuous, incredibly tenuous link between this known pedophile and a possible abduction. Uh, now, he was not just a pedophile. He was a murderer, too. He right? was a pedophile and a murderer, yeah. yeah. He lived in Spain, not so, not very close to this Portuguese resort place. Uh, but I guess somebody thought, well, he has a pattern of abducting and murdering young girls, so he might be in on it. He was, he committed suicide in July of 2007 by shooting himself in the head after abducting a five-year-old girl in Spain. I don't put any stock into this, but I did want to mention it. Yeah, that just seems like, that's just too easy. But... I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, if he's a he's a pedophile murderer, probably a good thing he's dead, huh? Pro- yeah, I think. I just yes. had to editorialize a little bit. I think that's that, maybe yeah. one of those things that most people can agree on. <laughs> yeah. In good, general, good thing he's not around anymore. Yeah. yeah, it will come as no surprise. We've already discussed a little bit that the McCanns were also suspects. Mm, of course. And because this episode's a little long, already, and because there's just a lot to say, we're gonna kind of just bullet point this thing. Of note. Who leaves their kid alone in an unlocked room in a strange country for like every night for the duration of your holiday after having left a note that everybody could see? Who does that? Mm -hmm. Really, who does that? Right? Mm -hmm. I believe we called that red flags. Yeah, red flags. Lots of of little red flags. The other thing that people talk about a lot is they've taken her. The fact that Kate came running screaming they've taken her Mm. and the portuguese police actually said that they thought that kate was setting up kind of setting the stage for an abduction abduction story yeah because i think i think this is really fair to say that most parents when walking into the room and seeing your kid's gone you're gonna start screaming she's missing yeah where the hell is my kid right where's my kid she's gone i can't find her she's gone you're not gonna scream they've taken her that's a little strange it's weird although again um it just depends on the account she read of this is that actually what she was screaming that's every account i've read says that no Correct me if I'm wrong. I swear I also remember because the door slammed because the window in the bedroom that the kids were in was open, right? Yeah. Okay. Playing a little bit of devil's advocate here. She could have realized that her daughter was gone, looked over, saw the window was open, and made the immediate presumption, correct or not, that somebody had come in through the window and taken the child and left. And that's yeah. why she immediately started screaming. They've taken they've, her? They've taken her. Yeah. And that, that would be a reasonable... Not, yeah. not necessarily meaning mm-hmm. they've as in two or three people, but just a the they. Yeah, yeah a somebody. person. The, uh, the yeah. unknown people. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think there's, you know, it's that both sides of that, for sure. Again, it's the lots of little red flags. Kate also refused to answer um, 48 of the questions that the uh, the Portuguese police asked her. And she, in fact, said that the reason that she refused to answer them was because she was afraid they might implicate her. <clears throat> Do we know what those questions were specifically? No, okay. we don't. And that's fair. I mean, that's another fair point, right? But I do think that that's 
weird. Uh, again, I'm, uh, if... I can't think of a... I mean, maybe you can. I can't but... think of a question that they would have asked her reasonably within those first... You know, it was... It wasn't like, you know, four months later, they were asking her questions. It was pretty early on. They're asking her questions. I can't think of a question that you would ask that, you know, 48 questions that you would ask. I can. Okay. Ask me. What what do cops do? Yeah, but like. No, no. Walk through me with this. They ask the same question over and over and over in multiple the, ways, and she may have gotten fed up when they said when they were saying, "Did did you kill your daughter? Did you hide her somewhere?" And she may have said, "Shut your bloody mouth! I'm not answering that. Screw off! This isn't helping." And they said, "Well, she refused to answer that question because she's obviously guilty." That's all. That's possible. And then it's also, don't forget, there's a language barrier here. So they're going through translators. That's and, true. So yeah, you know. I guess you know the sense that I had was that she had flat out refused to answer forty eight individual different questions, and she did. Her lawyers did say, "Oh yeah, the reason she didn't answer those is because she thought they would implicate her." It wasn't the oh. police later saying, oh, boy, it seemed like she was scared that we were going to say she was guilty. Her lawyers actually came out and said, oh, yeah, the reason she didn't answer those is because she thought they would implicate her. Well, I, I, I can see that in lawyers speak being they kept answering, asking the same question, trying to get her to say something, the same answer, different ways. Because cops do this all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You get them to explain. Wait, run me through this scenario one more time. How many times have you watched a cop show where you'll see the cop say, now, I just need you to explain this to me one more time because they want people to say it in multiple versions Mm. to see if they can parse anything apart to find a detail that accidentally slips into the narrative. And again, if, like Joe said, this is going through translators, I can see how frustrating that is. Absolutely. So it may be the lawyer's like, yeah, she answered the question. She knew better than to keep answering it because they just keep doing this. They're trying to finger her for for the whole thing. I guess. Again, I don't believe the parents, but I, I, I don't like this whole story in general, but right. I'm just saying. I, don't, I guess I just don't think that uh, even in lawyer speak saying she thought the question, the answers to those questions might implicate her means she like they kept asking her the same question. I think that a lawyer says to the public in a press conference says they kept asking her if she had murdered her daughter and she kept saying no. That's you don't say she thought that it might implicate her. No, but, no lawyer but, would say that. I, I mean, was going to say you, you should you, be disbarred if you say that about your client. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't yeah. say that though in an active, open investigation. That's fair, the, but you, you know, can't say. I don't know. I feel like you find a different just, way. Yeah, but yeah, no, no, this, no. This whole unanswered question thing, we've beaten that to death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let's move on. No pun intended. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Um, the sniffer dog reactions. That's a bullet point of this one. It's a pretty good one. We did already discuss a little bit the different ways that that could be interpreted mm-hmm. and again you know because i don't know which dog alerted to what it's hard to tell yeah. the theories around the mccann's they're mostly not nefarious accidental accidental they're yes. mostly accidental and over- overdose in fact the yeah joe's you know kind of hit the nail on the head as steve would say that what the Portuguese police originally thought, and then they said, no, that didn't happen. But I think a lot of people have held on to, and I, I, you know, I honestly, my heart goes out to this theory a little bit because I can see where they were coming from. Maybe 
is that, you know, sometimes you've got a kid who's a little overactive and you're tired and you just want to enjoy your holiday. And so you give the kid some heroin. No, you give the kid some like Benadryl. Yeah. Just a little bit of Benadryl yeah. to try and calm them down or a little bit of whatever sedative. They were both physicians, so they definitely had access to a lot of different kinds of sedatives or otherwise sleep aids of some kind that might have helped her relax or sleep. And we don't know if she was one of those kids who was like super hyperactive. She was excited to be going home. Who knows? But the theory goes that she was given a sedative and it was an accidental overdose. Though again, they were physicians, so they probably shouldn't have accidentally overdosed her, but fine, whatever. She died. They freaked out and tried to cover it up. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I have no sympathy for this theory whatsoever because when your kid has had an accident and is bleeding and unconscious, you think the kid is dead, but you don't know for sure. You alert somebody and you try and You call the them. ambulance. Same thing with an overdose. You call an ambulance. Exactly. Yeah, and I actually exactly. was just talking, I was talking to somebody about this because that's what I do. I think you guys do this too. At least I know Steve does. I don't know if Joe does or not. Yeah. But when I'm working on a story, I'll talk to you know my significant other or friends about the story. And you were talking over dinner last night and I said, but what you do, like if an accident happened, you like find somebody, you know, you don't look at this like poor child of yours who's suffering on the ground and think, ah, crap, better cover that up. Oh, damn. I got another body to hide. You go, no. Oh my gosh. What happened? What have I done? I got to, you know, and I guess it's possible that, right. She like died in her sleep. Maybe, maybe what happened was they gave her too much sedative and they didn't realize. And when Jerry went to go check on them, he checked on them or they realized... both gave her the dose not realizing that the other had already done it right but what I, you know that they realized after the fact that she wasn't breathing anymore you know after they came back and he had to defy something it's that's it's possible it's still but you still, still gotta call an ambulance and the thing about it is you revive like... that kid you try and revive that kid and it's understandable i think for you to kind of make the argument it's you know it's not going to go super great for you but your kid's not going to be dead Exactly. And besides know? which, besides which, you know, you don't have to make any arguments at all. How often? When, when I was a kid, my parents told me, "Look, all that stuff in the medicine cabinet, you don't go eating that stuff like candy because it'll kill you." Mm -hmm. And of course, after that, they came up with childproof caps and stuff like that. Right. So, but the, but the the idea of a kid getting into some drugs and take and swallowing a bunch of pills, not realizing what he's doing or and dying, like liquid is not exactly outrageous. Mm -hmm. So you just say, uh, you know, the kid... There's a reason they came up with Mr. Yuck to put on everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you just say to the kid, you just, you know, you just say, I'm sorry, you just say to the police, uh, the kid got into these drugs, unfortunately, and, and OD'd. So please save my kid's life. I'm, we're sorry as hell. Right. Well, I mean, it, there was, it, there was it, no crime. Actually, yeah. you yeah. don't even have to go that far. You can say, I don't know what's going on. I'm a physician, she's unconscious, and it appears to be some kind of drug reaction, and I don't know what it is, and then they rush to the hospital, and then one of you, quote-unquote, figures out that one of the pill bottles has been opened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, we're, yeah, exactly. we're fleshing out a bunch, and we're really going down the rabbit hole here, but there's a million ways that that could happen. But yeah, the, the, the point is, is that the McCann's suspect suspects makes no sense to me, because if the kid had had an accident... They would have called an ambulance. If the kid had OD'd, they would have called an ambulance. I just can't believe that they would have murdered their own kid. And I guess that, for me, I, I totally agree, but for the red flag. You know, it's kind of that, it's that thing where had they not left their kid alone, 
had they seemed as they were more attentive, had all of these tiny little red flags led up to this thing, I would be way more willing to say, there's no way they would try and cover this accident up. Of course not. Any compassionate, caring parent wouldn't try and cover that up. But I, honestly, the story of the McCanns doesn't exactly paint a compassionate, caring parent picture. And again, I don't say that to disparage them because I... Well, they still have their their twins. Yeah. I mean, they're still raising those children. Those children are alive. Yeah. Yeah, They haven't murdered them yet. I mean, they probably won't, but because I don't, it just doesn't, um, so much of me wants to be able to say, yeah, I agree. It doesn't make sense because it doesn't make sense. But a lot of the stuff they did doesn't make sense to me. And I don't, I don't have a good theory on this one. But I do think that of the likely suspects, they are the most likely. There are little two little follow-up things here. One is that in uh, 2008, May of 2008, about almost you know a year, a little more than a year after Maddie went missing, there was a note left on the doorway of the apartment that the McCanns had been staying in that said that Maddie's body had been dumped in a reservoir. Did and it, there's some. There did was say a, which reservoir? Yeah, it said the specific reservoir, but I I can't remember the name off the top of my head. I'm yeah, sorry. No worries. It's in a language you don't know. Go, it's a, go yeah, it's a language I don't know. Um, but they uh, there's some research done in it, but it's basically brushed off as not valid. This claim. They didn't drain the reservoir and look. They did not. Really. There's also been a few sightings, quote unquote sightings of Maddie in Spain and Portugal, and they've mostly been with local families. You know, somebody will say, "Oh yeah, I saw this local family," but also one of their the people they were calling their daughters was this pale, blonde-haired girl who looked a whole lot like she could have been Maddie, and I think it was Maddie. You know, so that's um a thing that's been happening a lot. It's been happening this entire time, honestly. Um, so that's worth mentioning as well. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of the story. Well, um, maybe, maybe Maddie will find herself. I sure but, hope so. You know, because if she's what, 11 now, she went uh, missing in 2007. She was, she was three. She was born in 2003, right? Yeah. She so was, she would have been four in 2007. She had just turned okay, four. So she would be 11. So, she was born in May of 2003. <clears throat> so she was three when she disappeared. Yeah. So she's she would have. Yeah. yeah so she's, she's she's 11, 11, she'd she's be 11 be years old. Yeah. So imagine that, you know, I mean, so she's taken when she's three. She's too young to really have much of much memory of anything. And so somebody snatched her and say adopted her because they, they wanted or they wanted a kid. But yeah. They couldn't she have was a, a cute kid, too. Oh, yeah. Cute little kid. And um so imagine you're this person, and you believe you're being raised by these people who are your parents, and then you're reading this, and then you some way, one, one day stumble across on the internet the story of Madeline McCann. Mm-hmm. And, and they do age progressions every couple of years, and they yeah. publicize those. They have one of her when she was nine. Yeah, and then you see these, but then you see these, these you see all these pictures of her eyes mm-hmm. and that weird anomaly in her eye. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't that be wouldn't that be really That'd bizarre? Be surreal. <laughs> wouldn't that Absolutely, be? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Hey, wait, that's. That looks me. just like that me. might be me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, and I, I, I doubt that what you're suggesting is remotely a possibility. Well, I, that's just me being wistfully thinking. Oh I, no, no. I, oh I, yeah. I, I would I, prefer her to meet that fate. Right on the right on the outset, I'm going to say this is going to sound terrible. I don't want it to be her parents. Uh huh. I want it to be somebody else, but yeah. to be somebody else 
means very bad things. Mm-hmm. They all mean very bad things. Because, yeah. well, here's what I did. And I don't know if you, I didn't tell you to do this, is that I read some of the article and then I couldn't stomach the article anymore. So what I did is I took it in the way that I could, which is I started going into research specifically just on abductions. And the, 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 the stats are staggering mm-hmm. as to likely what has happened because there's, there's two kinds of situations. There is a known person abduction. So that's, you know, yeah. an acquaintance or a family member, yeah. except none of those people are around. So then this becomes what's called a stereotypical kidnapping, which yeah. is by somebody that a child doesn't know. There's some very set things that happen at that point that didn't. A ransom wasn't put out. Okay, well. That we know of. Well, we skipped over this part, um, but there were some people that were arrested for trying to exploit the McCann's to say that they had information about where Maddie was. But that's, a, that's exploitation. That's not specifically that's ransom. That's, that's fair. That but, seems to happen a lot in cases like oh, this. The absolutely. last one we talked about, it, it was a, a situation like that, but, too. But the things that normally happen is if it's a stereotypical kidnapping is the child is transported up to f- or 50 or more miles away, which mm-hmm. we talked about. Mm-hmm. Roadblock. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, And then the child is either, A, put into some kind of slavery scenario, and I'm Uh not going to explain that, or is kept to be raised on their own. Okay, well, I'm hoping that is the one. Mm -hmm. Me too. Okay. Mm -hmm. All of these things... They tell me, I mean, I, could, I can go through this laundry list of stats, things like, you know, 1% of kidnapped kids. No, I don't want to hear those They never stats. come back. I don't want to hear those stats. Within three hours, most of them are dead. Yeah, I don't want to. I mean, there's, there's all this stuff. There's, and all these numbers that I'm pulling, by the way, they're U.S. It's all from the FBI. Yeah. Because go yeah. figure. Because if a child is listed as abducted, it doesn't matter for what reason the FBI will step in, and that's the Lindbergh Kidnapping law. is a federal crime. It's a federal mm-hmm. offense. So you so, got this stuff out of the Uniform Crime Report? Uh, well, I got it from the Fed, uh, from the FBI's website, and they have a bunch of PDFs that you can pour through, which are not nice things to pour through, but I did anyway. No, I go to the I, I go out to the Uniform Crime Reports all the time. Actually, they're quite useful. Well, they're 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 disturbing though. Well, yeah, but, but but here's here's my thing: is that if, if I want Madeline to have been abducted by somebody to have been kept as that person's child it means a woman would have been the one who did the abduction well unless somebody kidnapped for a woman okay as a gift primarily oh god that's a weird primarily thing so when women <laughs> when women do the abduction it's because they want to have a child of their own for whatever reason lost a child can't have a child doesn't matter mm-hmm. that that's their primary motive mm-hmm. it's a very extremely low percentage of men Very rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. do it for that reason. So yes, a woman could have had talked a man into doing it, but that no, is a no, very know, low probability. No, so, a woman could have had a husband who, who, you know, and they wanted to have kids. Yes. And, and she especially wanted to have it. And she was getting all Kathy Bates on him. And he's like, okay, yeah. I'll find you a kid. But, but the point is, I, I, I hate this story because I feel so terrible for the parents because I am so absolutely positive that Patty's not alive anymore. 
And that's the reason that I hate these cases is that so off, more often than not, the numbers don't support the probability of survival. Yeah. Uh, no, it is most likely that she's not alive. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, not. Uh, I mean, I hope she it is. Sucks. But, you know, it sucks. This is yeah. one of those ones that sucks. You guys stop suggesting these stories. <laughs> <laughs> Please, because you suggest them and we have to do them. We only want happy stories, okay? Can you just, like, no more weird missing kids... Please. This is please. this is why I don't like these stories. I know, but we have to do them. I know, I know we do, but well, I'm just I'm just going to take this stance right now is that the stats support yeah. what I unfortunately, unfortunately. don't like. No, right. is, is the yeah. the writing on the wall. And yeah. well, as a, you know, as a aside, um, not that they needed the money, but the McCanns have won a lot of oh, libel lawsuits. Serious bank. They've won yeah. way more than uh, Robert ever won. But they also, also have written books. Just making stuff up oh yeah and we're sitting here on a podcast talking about all the red flags and how they could have totally accidentally killed their daughter you know i think it sucks to be them absolutely because not only are they going through the pain of losing a child they're also being accused of being horrible human beings Mm, it's kind of like maura murray's dad you know i I felt the same way about him you know it's like the poor the poor guy he loses his daughter and everybody on the internet's accusing him of being a murderer yeah Christ. But, you know, maybe just don't do suspicious stuff, you guys. <laughs> yeah, because it's so easy to know. Okay, if my kid disappears today, what do I not do to Do look you suspicious? not make lists like that? Because I absolutely do. Oh, yeah, yeah, You exactly. are such a weirdo. Uh, well, I do unsolved mysteries. Like, that's my thing. So I know what not to do. See, no. Instead, mm-hmm. I follow a very specific pattern every day. So mm-hmm. it's very obvious what I do every day. Also, I think maybe you just don't plan to have kids. Uh, well, that and I don't plan to do anything bad to them yeah or anybody yeah. anybody ever yeah. uh, that, this is why we keep our identities a secret though this, if you haven't figured out. that's true <laughs> yeah. exactly because pretty soon the internet's going to be alive with rumors that we committed all these murders that we talk about on our show <laughs> oh, and so awful. that's why we stay hidden yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i can't wait to be at your kids bar mitzvah <sighs> so that's the end of this episode i'm sorry i was long i know you guys really hate it when we do long episodes <laughs> Um, if you want to see some of the research that I did for this episode, um, we'll put some links up. You can also comment on this story. You can listen and download as well, all on our website. That website is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. Um, I think that there's a link to merch and to donate and to do a survey there as well. All in the right hand sidebar. All in the right hand sidebar. Uh, you might also, you probably are actually listening to us on iTunes. If you are and you haven't already, leave us a comment and a rating. That's how people find us. Um, you may be streaming us. I know a lot of you are also doing that on just a bunch of different sites. I don't know streaming stuff. I'm an Apple kid. I'm sorry. Well, there's, there's a gazillion of them. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, find us on Facebook. Find us, friend us, like us. Actually, you know, there's, speaking of streaming, there's been a bunch of talk of which app to use streaming oh, yeah, I think on that's the true. Facebook group. So, yeah. you know, so, join the group and then you can find out which ones are better than others. Yeah, because some of them work? do actually cut us off. Yeah, like <laughs> Stitcher, for example. Yeah, that's it's annoying. Um, we're on Twitter, thinking sideways. Some cool activity there, I guess, a little bit. <laughs> some of it mm, email thinking sideways podcast at gmail.com email us story ideas thoughts about this episode thoughts about other episodes creative criticism just fan girl fan boying um those are the best 
anything, yeah. literally anything you want to say to us, you can email us. And if we don't like it, we'll just ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. It's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. So as Steve would say, that having been said, I think we're going to get out of here. Can we please? Yes. Yeah, it's time. All right. Okay. Bye, everybody. Right. Bye, Ta-ta. guys.